Cause it's Friday. You ain't got no job. It's Friday and I'm ready to sleep. Man, you know it's devotional time. This is Ricky Pickett, the younger brother of the Brothers of Thunder podcast. And yeah, we're going to continue to... Uh, circle the globe we went from jamaica to chicago now we're going to hit the road this time get out that airplane and drive to baltimore maryland yeah funny story i love to tell the story about this uh trip <laughs> and uh, i hope you enjoy it so buckle your seatbelts and let's begin it's friday night and the mood is right gonna have some fun show you how it's done to celebrate our five-year wedding anniversary, my wife and I decided to cruise to the Caribbean. The ship was to leave out of Baltimore, Maryland at 5 o'clock p.m. on a Friday. So anyone familiar with the DMV area knows that you're guaranteed to run into traffic, simply because the DC, Maryland, Virginia stretch of interstate is the worst. I'm not sure if the interstates are cursed or if a UFO hovers above the highways with some mind control device that impairs a driver's ability to think rationally. <laughs> we live three and a half hours from Baltimore, so to be safe, we decided to hit the road by 10.45 a.m. This would give us a two hour and 45 minute safety net just in case we encountered the gridlock monster. Adding to the tension was the cruise industry's strict departure policy. A ship's itinerary is scheduled amongst a wide variety of other cruise ships and cargo ships, which all have port of calls that have a scheduled docking and departure time. Therefore, if you don't arrive to your cruise ship on time, you will get left. <laughs> and it's your responsibility to fly to the next port of call, or you just would have paid full price for an empty ship cabin. We load up the car and hit the road, making good timing. The sun was out, the birds were chirping, and all we could think about was the many activities and excursions we had planned for the week. With almost three hours into our drive, something happened. You would have thought we were on a Broadway stage with how quickly the setting changed. The weather went from a scene similar to Mary Poppins to a scene from World War Z. The traffic slowed to a standstill, the clouds had darkened, and it started pouring rain. Nikki and I looked at each other and was like, oh, no. Well, on the bright side, we literally had three hours to drive 40 miles. We will be okay, right? <laughs> we will be okay may have been the only word spoken for the next few hours because it was taking us 20 minutes to crawl 10 feet. The only sound being heard was the rain hitting the windshield, the wipers going back and forth, impatient drivers honking, and our hearts beating through our chests. I said what any husband is supposed to say at that moment. We're going to make it, babes. God is going to show up and destroy that little UFO hovering above Interstate 395. In between the small talk and the radio, all we could do was pray. But as the clock kept ticking away, it felt like both God and time was not on our side. We managed to crawl into Maryland, and the time was 4.40 p.m. Yes, 4.40 p.m. Just when we were making plans to stay overnight in Baltimore and try to salvage this disaster of a vacation, the director yelled cut and there was another set change. The weather abruptly shifted and so did the traffic. Nikki and I looked at each other with both shock and hope. Like SpongeBob taking the road portion of his driver's test, I floored it. Yes. No, no, don't floor it. Floor it? No, 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 don't floor it. Okay, floor it. 
We arrived at the Baltimore port at 4.50 p.m. Since we were the last people in the parking lot, of course we had to park in the back. We hop out of the car and we are literally running to the dock. Mind you, Nikki is a couple of months pregnant with Nathan. Suddenly, a man pulls up and says, are you guys cruising? Wow, you're late. Give me your bags because the bags have already been loaded. I look at Nikki and I literally had to make a call within a few seconds because time was of the essence. I tell the gentleman okay and pray that our socks and underwear didn't just drive away in some sicko's beat up truck. We make it to the loading area and see hundreds of people standing on the balcony of the cruise ship waving goodbye to their loved ones. But there's a problem. The gangway is missing. The ship's horn is blasting and we are now in the check-in line. The worker looks at us as if we were the Messiah himself. In complete astonishment, she checks us in and hurries us to the ship's cargo elevator. We were so late that we were being loaded with the ship's food and supplies. <laughs> with a few minutes to spare, we made it on board and the ship sailed away. Needless to say, it felt like a revival in our cabin. That old saying, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time, was made all too real. The Message Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 25 through 27, God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope from help from God. It's a good thing where you're young to stick it out through the hard times. In this life, you're going to experience some gridlock at the most inopportune moments. We or someone may get sick and we need deliverance. You may be behind on your bills and need God to intervene, or you may lose something of value or of need. Your children, friends, or loved ones may journey away from God, and it feels as if Satan is one swing away from a final blow to their souls. You may encounter problems in your marriage or on your job, and it feels as if none of your prayers are keeping you from getting fired or divorced. You may be praying, but progress and resolution may be at a standstill. It feels as if our savior is the one stuck in traffic, along with the salvation that we so desperately need. Look, if this is you today, I just implore you to hold on. Keep praying. Keep looking to God with expectation and hope. And don't give up on God. He loves to prove and establish his name above all things. And sometimes the cementing of his great name into our hearts may come at the price of endless nights of crying in dismal situations. But it's on those tear-soaked pillows that we learn patience and endurance and prayer and faith and hope in the one who holds all things in the palm of his hands. You are always a better vessel when you've been tried in the fiery furnace. And there's no greater testimony than the one who proclaims God stepped in. So please, just wait on the Lord. Have faith that he will make all things new. He will prove to you his might and glory in one day, have you experiencing a revival on the other side? One of the most famous passages that centers around uh, waiting on God is found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And uh, you know what it says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And, um, it's a real beautiful thing to always know that God will be clutch and that he will 
have you, you know, literally dancing on the other side of whatever problems or calamities that you found yourself in. Uh, but what goes missing is that this entire chapter centers around one thing. And that one thing is that we should trust in the consistency of God. You know, God is omnipotent. He's all powerful, you know, which means that he's not limited to the things that limit man. And uh, it's very crucial that we learn to trust in God's consistency because you are quick to, you know, turn your that that light bulb on in your brain and snap yourself out of the funk that you found yourself in when you're going through problems, when you realize that God is consistent in his power. Uh, you know, it's, it's no different than when it's late game situations in basketball and any team that has Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, they know they can literally just pass them the ball because they trust in them, not just because of their ability, but their consistency over the years of always being clutch. So when it's, when we're going through those times and those tough times, we just have to remember that God is consistent. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He even said in verse uh, 25, he says, to whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. You know, even earlier than that says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. And so we have somebody who is very consistent in our lives when other people are inconsistent. And that is the key to realizing that God will come through the clutch. Um, that's the key to having good faith and in, in, in increasing uh, their endurance and the faith that you have. So uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you uh, for your time that you always take out to spend with us, Lord God. You don't have to, uh, but you do so anyway because you love us and you care for our, um, our faith and you care to make us strong. And sometimes you may put us in situations that are uh, unfavorable to us, but that's just to our eyes. And you know, and we know now that you do those things to make us stronger and not just stronger in and of ourselves, but you make it so that we are quick to trust you. And we thank you for your consistency. We thank you for being who you are. And we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for uh, supporting the podcast. Continue to support me and Chuck. Uh, we're going to continue to put out this content, uh, whether a million people listen or just one. <laughs> and uh, on that note, peace. Love you.